Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is going to be a great service this morning. About 12 years ago, I was talking to Stephen Blake. Mark and I were talking to Stephen Blake, and he said, I want you to meet Kent Hodge. Kent Hodge is one of the most fruitful men I have ever met. That's what, Kent, that's what Steve said. And I thought, really? And uh, so we met him. And uh, Ruth and Kent left the beautiful, leafy suburbs of Sydney and went to Nigeria many years ago. And they've um, been working in northern Nigeria. They birthed and pioneered Christian faith ministries, which now just ministers to thousands of people. They've got schools, medical centres. Um, Christ, Bible college, crisis centres, anyway, he'll tell you a little bit more about it. But not only do they minister to thousands of people, they've actually transformed communities. He is an apostle. He has suffered and counted the cost, but it is such a privilege having him with us this morning. And I found out yesterday when I Googled him, because that's what you do, he is a professor. How good is that? We don't often get to hear from a professor, but um, professor in head, but also an incredible heart. So you're going to be very challenged, and um, as I said, we are very privileged to have you with us this morning, Professor Kent Hodge. And but before he comes, we're going to watch a clip of the work that they do in northern Nigeria. Kent and Ruth first came to Nigeria. Back in 1986, with our three-month-old baby, we had four dollars and no support, but we had the wonderful honor of working with Archbishop Benson Idahosa. Our main role there was to oversee his Bible school, where we trained 8,000 pastors from all over Africa that today are pastoring in many nations around the world. In 2006, we began to look for a new place to work. We had it on our heart to work in the Muslim dominated regions of northern Nigeria and we settled with a wonderful team in uh, Jos, northern Nigeria and began a Bible college in 2007. The Bible college grew slowly from 2007 to 2009 when by Christmas 2009 violence broke out all around us and thousands of people were killed, Christians and Muslims and Many, many homes were burnt down, properties destroyed. At that point, Christian Faith Ministries began to look for avenues to bring healing and bring peace. And this meant establishing relationships with our Muslim neighbours, uh, looking to help orphans and widows, and especially displaced people. Millions of people uh, began to be displaced by terrorism all through our nation. And the country itself was at risk of imploding in violence. Then as Boko Haram, a terrorist organization, began to expand its operations in Nigeria, it brought death to many thousands of people and uh, displacement to millions of others. And so Christian Faith Ministries found itself in an environment where the Lord was calling us to try to bring healing and peace. Uh, this meant to support widows and orphans, whether Christians or Muslims to build relationships with our Muslim neighbours. We established many computer centres that brought Muslim and Christian youth together to not only build relationships of peace, but also to, uh, to, to develop skills that would give uh, youth much hope for the future. Ken Computer Training Centre.
Thank you very much. Thank you. Good morning. It's uh, lovely to be here again. It's been um, over three years since we have been here. We've been looking forward to getting back for, for quite a long time. This video was done by our team, our uh, studio team in Nigeria. I asked for a five minute video. Um, it's 18 minutes. And um, it's, it's, it's uh, done very well, I think. I'm, I'm happy with it, but we can't show it all here. But if you would like to see this whole mini documentary, we talk to different leaders of the, uh, of the ministry. They, they talk themselves about what, what's happening. Um, just, we can send you the link if you give me your email address. Um, I don't have uh, paper or biro, you, please, if you can do it yourself. And just write your email in uh, primary school language, uh, primary school writing. Um, be very careful about that, please, and we'll be happy to put, send you the video and put you on our mailing list if you would like that uh, for our newsletters. Uh, I've been uh, preparing for this morning's message on the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, as, as I go through this, I'll be sharing uh, more about uh, what the Lord's doing in our experiences in Nigeria. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is a, is a, is a wonderful uh, message, of course. It's, um, you know, um, we really need to, like the song we just sang, Jesus at the center. And when it comes to the whole of Scripture, Jesus is the center of Scripture. And when it comes to the person and the ministry of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount is the center of, uh, of his teaching. Now, you know, we have a theological word called atonement, that, that Jesus atoned for our sins. He, he put away our sins. He, he, he put away the evil um, in our hearts, in, in our lives, and he atoned for us on the cross. And for a long time, I thought that really to get atonement teaching, we had to go to Paul first in, the, in his letters, where he outlines it uh, quite carefully. And I, I thought that Jesus didn't really teach on atonement. But um, it's in the last few years, and through all the sufferings and the different things that are happening in Nigeria, I've began to slowly notice that, that the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' atonement theology, and uh, where he outlines it very, very uh, simply, how evil um, is dealt with, uh, first by him as Lord, and, and then by us as his church, as his followers and, and disciples. Some years ago, we were attacked on a road. We had an ambush against us, and um, one of the leaders of our ministry, we were together in a car, and he was killed in this, uh, in this ambush. And thank God, um, no one else in, in the vehicle was, was hurt. But we were, looking on the ter we were looking at the terrorists on the road after the attack. Uh, we were held up for some time, and I was looking into the eyes of the terrorists, and they, they had fear in their eyes, but we didn't. We didn't have fear. And, uh, but I saw, I saw the evil, and my prayer was at the time is, Lord, how, how is evil dealt with? You know, we've been in this nation for so many years and training pastors, so many pastors, planting churches all over the place, <clears throat> and still evil is raising its ugly head in the, in the nation. And Lord, how is evil dealt with? That, that was some years back, and it will even before then, but more since we've been on this journey of of um, facing evil and the power of the gospel being stronger uh, than evil, especially through the teachings of Christ. Um, 
which he gave to us in the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, we, we all know the beauty of the sermon and, and, and how it inspires us to such hope. Uh, when we had that scripture reading, I think it was from Hebrews, was it? Uh, or Colossians, about the, the, the sun and in the image. The, the, you know, and it just takes me right back to Genesis 1 where Adam and Eve were the, the, the sons or the children of God made in the image and they were given dominion to, to rule over, over the world and the coming nations and through them the, the nature of God would be coming in, in, into the world and, and, and they were given that dominion to share God's nature uh, over a world of Sabbath or of Shalom or of you know, blessing. Filled with, filled with God's presence. And, and, and the gospel restores this hope to us. Um, what, was, what was begun in Genesis 1. That, uh, you know, God promised dominion to Adam and Eve. And uh, he, re, he revived or renewed that promise in Israel. And throughout all of Israel's prophets, this promise of, the, of the, uh, his people having this dominion in his image, this, this good dominion, transforming the nations. Uh, this promise was outlined through all of the prophets. And, you know, Isaiah said that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge uh, of God, the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. A, a beautiful, inspiring vision. Um, and, uh, you know, Rome had different ideas. That sort of, you know, bit the, what do you call it? The... The the, the uh, screwdriver in the in the wheel to stop stop this thing going forward and and uh, but finally Jesus came and he announced that the kingdom of of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand that uh, this these promises of God from Adam and through Israel were were now unfolding through the incarnation uh, the death and the resurrection of Christ the, the, these promises of dominion were finally coming to pass and Israel thought wonderful you know this is great you know where are the bullets you know we're, uh, we're, we're behind this and, um, and then in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus outlines this the way in which his kingdom was, was to come this, this is how God's kingdom comes into the world and particularly the Beatitudes you know, the, 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 those that mourn those that thirst for righteousness um, you know, those who seek mercy, that through, through our lives, the kingdom of God is coming into our communities and into our nations. Um, you know, it's, I, we expect the kingdom of God to come like this. <laughs> you know, I would like it, you know, God, give me a date, you know, <laughs> I want this evil to be gone. And, um, you know, uh, but it's not, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's, uh, he, he announced it's through the, it's through the sufferings of God's people, of which he would be the forerunner of that. And, and it would continue through us, the church, the redemptive sufferings of people that are not joining the party of wickedness and of evil, but are longing for something better to come and are, and, and are announcing that and are, are going the second mile and, and, and um, forgiving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us. It would, it would be through this people. This is, this is the kind of rule. We, we are rulers. This is how we rule. And it's through, it's through our lives that the revelation of God's kingdom comes. Um, we, this, this behind on the screen is, is our permanent site now. 
But um, we, uh, sorry, it's in front of you, it's behind me. Um, everyone turn around and look at that. Uh, um, so we weren't always there. We started off in a rented facility in the city. This is on the outskirts of Jos. And so in the, we, we, have a, we started with a Bible college and then we, had, uh, we have disciples. Uh, we're all disciples by God's grace, but what we mean by disciples is converted uh, Muslims from different parts of the country whose lives are in danger. And many of them are killed. Not all of them make it, but, but uh, Jos is like a city of refuge that we have in the Old Testament. And all the states around us and, and people being smuggled in the underground networks into Joss, um, where many of them find safety. We call them safe houses. Uh, Christian Faith Ministries has a safe house. Other ministries have safe houses. And so we have 160 at the moment of these uh, precious men and women uh, who have come to Christ, are fleeing for refuge, and they want discipleship and growth in their faith and uh, to be trained in skills. We have a vocational uh, place uh, on this, uh, on this uh, site uh, for them to, to learn vocational and become equipped and trained to be able to make funds for themselves, to support themselves. And so they have this uh, um, on our site now. But when we were back in our rented facilities, one of these disciples got angry with us. Uh, I'll just uh, share this quickly. I might have mentioned it here before. It happened some years ago. But uh, he went and reported us to the head of police and uh, the, the head of the military. Um, he'd got two vagabond boys, if that's how you mention it. Um, uh, and and uh, they tried to burn the Bible college down, but it, it didn't get off the ground. And um, so, they, um, and so they reported us that we you know, um, torture Muslims and force them to Christ and lock them in dungeons for 30 days and don't feed them. That's a good idea. We'd save a lot of money on, on food bills. But uh, um, So the head of police summoned our leaders down to answer charges. And so uh, three of our leaders went down, and when they got to his office, they found three Muslim elders in the office pounding the table and shouting for one hour about uh, the good deeds of Christian faith ministries. And at the end of the hour, they quoted the Quran and said that there's no compulsion in religion, that if a Muslim wants to come to Christ, that's their business. And if a Christian ministry wants to disciple them in faith, that's their business. They shouldn't be discouraged, but they should be encouraged in that work. And our leaders were gobsmacked. And then the Muslim elders said to our leaders, arrest these Muslim boys that tried to burn down your Bible college. Get the police to arrest them. And that's when uh, our leaders spoke and said, well, you know, these boys don't need arresting. They're, um, they've, they've got no jobs. They've got no education. They've, they're just corruption all around. Not, no one is looking out for their future. Um, the government doesn't love them. The Christians don't love them. You, their own Muslim elders, you don't love them. Uh, they need mothers and fathers and nurturers and people to help them and support them and, and teach them. Uh, and so they have hope for a future. Um, because when there's no hope for a future, there's nothing to lose. And you just get violence as, as a result of that. Uh, so um, the Muslim elders were shocked. And they said, what kind of people are you? I mean, everyone wants to arrest their enemies. Um, and then our leader said, well, God is reconciling us to himself through the cross of his son. And in doing that, he's revealing his nature. 
of love for enemies and how he wants to uh, be merciful to us and rebuild our lives and give us hope and give us a future. And he, wants, he, he has told us to share his nature with our neighbors. So what we see, the way we see God treating us to treat our neighbors the same way. And they, they were stunned by this. And, and they said, we had no idea this is what the cross was about. It, it, it's Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's cross. It's the cross of Christ. It's what, it, it, the Sermon on the Mount explains the cross. It's, okay, you don't understand this now, but when I die, you will look back at this sermon and you will know the life that we are called to as God's children. Blessed are the peacemakers. These are the Adam and Eves of new creation. You know, the, the meaning was, uh, 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 it could not be escaped uh, by the, the Jewish people in those days, hearing the message of Jesus. They would have understood that, um, that he was referring back to Genesis and the Adamic mandate and so on um, over creation. So it's, uh, you know, the, the Muslim elder said, we, we never knew that this is what the cross meant. No, and they began to type on Facebook for the next week the, 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 the great power of Christ and his resurrection and his kingdom and his cross. These, these are leading elders um, that uh, we, was, we were seeing um, them um, you know, express publicly. And the last three years, when we, when we got back there at the end of 2019, uh, we, we, we'd just been going through Australia in October and, and uh, seeing bushfires uh, all over the place up, up, the, up the coast here and, and um, the response on the television and everything. And, and um, I wanted to look into this. I, want, you know, I wanted to, to, to have a look and, and, and study this. In, in Nigeria, we have environmental issues. You've got the Sahara Desert coming down and, and um, all around us, this is, this is wet season, looks beautiful used to be forest, and, uh, but in dry season, within a few weeks, that goes brown and dust from the Sahara comes and falls on it and just, you know, it's uh, not very nice uh, in some ways. And um, so, <clears throat> you know, we, we have this, this land on, on the front here, that in the middle, across, you know, our land starts across the road. Um, someone said, is that a river? No, it's a road. Uh, and uh, at that land, that grass in the middle of our land, our Christian neighbors said, don't even try to uh, plant anything on that. It'll, um, the, the soil is absolutely useless. It had been over-farmed for many years of chemical fertilizers and everything, and, and the soil had just, just become, you know, um, just no good at all. And, and so, but we didn't listen. We farmed on the land, and, and I don't know nothing about farming. Um, but uh, we got the advice and we um, used the chemicals, spent quite some money on it. And uh, we, we got one, one bag of corn on the cob from it. And, uh, and it looked so sick, no one wanted to eat it. Uh, so the, our neighbors were right. Um, and then, the, so that was um, 2019. By Christmas 2019, I asked the Fulani, the Fulani are the Muslim cattle herders. And this land was right between a Fulani community and a Christian community, and it was the epicenter of Fulani violence in Nigeria. Now, more people have been killed in Fulani uh, cattle farmer versus crop farmer, Christians, in Nigeria than through Boko Haram or you know, other terrorist organizations. It's been horrific. And when we bought this land, this was the epicenter of it. We, we weren't fully understanding that at the time. 
um, went through many serious situations there. But then we asked the Fulani to come and with their cows onto that land. And people were very uh, you know, nervous about that and people saying we shouldn't do that. And we said, well, if we don't build relationships, it's going to be worse. It's just we're going to become more isolated. Then there'll be more rumors. And so we brought the cows on and, and uh, they, they uh, stayed for three months. Every night they, they slept there. They went out to eat in the day. And I used to come out of my flat there. My wife, uh, Ruth, and I live in one of those flats and come out at night and just smell the manure and the urine. I mean, it is just, you know, like gold. Oh, you know, just... And they did their stuff, you know, and I'd go to cows, come on, you can do more, um, uh, you know, for every night for three months. And we had truckloads of manure at the end for free. Um, and relationships with the Fulanis. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It takes risk. It takes forgiving and all of these things. It takes the Sermon on the Mount. It takes mercy. Uh, and the church is to, is to give the justice of God. And this is what I put in my PowerPoint presentation that I haven't got to yet. Um, but, the, the, you know, uh, mercy uh, is, is the, it, the justice of God comes with the church. And it's not retribution. The justice of God is is forgiveness, is, is restoring the broken person, uh, you know, bringing, bringing the, the broken person back to, to life like Jubilee uh, did. Um, and the wonderful thing is, is that Jubilee, I realized recently, is celebrated on the Day of Atonement. Isn't that beautiful? That if we will raise up the poor and the broken, there will be atonement in our communities and the devil will be on the run with his tail between his legs. Evil will be broken. The bitterness or the Satan that gets into people's hearts will be, will, will be uh, you know, addressed um, by a church militant, but militant in Jubilee, not uh, in, in, in the way of the nations around us. Um, militant as in we are in a battle. Um, uh, the battle to forgive and and uh, the battle to restore and, and to raise up. And, and God is equipping us uh, to battle. This is the wisdom of God. He's trained my fingers for battle, that psalm says, in my hand, uh, for war. And this, this, this jubilee is, is, is the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the war that God's called us to. And we planted corn on this land um, uh, soon after that. And um, uh, we got 100 bags off it just from the manure and uh, the urine. Um, and we had mushrooms coming up from the soil. Um, so our neighbors are saying, what sort of magic did you use? And, and, and now people are beginning to do that. We're farming together inter-ethnically. So we're not farming in competition, but in cooperation. And it, this is, you know, I could go through story after story after story where this has happened in our mission stations and so on. And so now we know that together we can prosper. And Fulani violence has been eradicated in these areas and our farms are doing better. <laughs> Praise God. But I don't, I don't have time to, to, go, to go through it. We had a peace conference last year with 300 Muslims attending along with us as Christians. And all week we preached, we taught on the principles of peace from the Gospels, from Jesus' teachings. And on the last day, the night before, I was rolling on my bed and saying, God, I want to evangelize directly tomorrow. 
and I had a message in my heart. And when I got up in the morning, I felt no that God gave me another message. It was the same teachings of peace from the, from Jesus, and so I I taught that, and I sat down, and the next speaker to get up after me was a Muslim barrister, who's well known. He's high up in the state, and and uh, he said all this week we've been hearing about peace and he said these are very hard things to live he said forgiving our enemies lo 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 loving our enemies and went through these things that we were teaching because of all they've gone through he said this is difficult he said in fact you cannot do this you can't live this life only Christ can live this life through you he said he's the only one who can do it and if he is in you he will empower you to do the things which is exactly what I wanted to say you know, and then he opened the Bible to Matthew 11 and said that you who are heavy laden, uh, come to me and uh, take my yoke and I will give you rest. I will enable you. I will empower you. So he must be raised from the dead if he's living in us and empowering us today, which is what the Muslim uh, barrister was preaching. I was gobsmacked. <laughs> this was the message that I wanted to share that day. And, um, and so we, we see this sort of thing happening many times. A, a disciple went to report us to the Fulani king next to our land of our wickedness. This is another one of those disciples. I think we told him to clean the toilet or something. And the, the Fulani king came to my house and sat down. We had a cup of tea. He said, well, you've been reported for this, that, and the other. We talked about it. He said, well, thanks for the discussion. He was happy. And he left. And he called these disciples, Muslim converts, he called their pastor and said, come and collect your Muslim uh, converts and take them back to your church and teach them what it means not to lie. And we, I won't tell you how we teach that in Nigeria. <laughs> That's just a joke. Um, last year we had a missions conference and, uh, in December last year, and we wanted to encourage the missionaries because they're on the front lines and it's very difficult for them. They're encountering terrorism constantly in different forms. Very hard. They lose a lot. And we wanted to honor them because, you know, sometimes they wear not very nice clothes and not very honored. And we, but we all come from missions. You know, my Irish heritage, when missionaries washed up on the shore there, you know, we were brutes. And some of us still are. Um, but the missionaries gave us what we have today. And so we wanted to honor them and also the values of the cross that, that they they have in their life, you know, giving, um, take the whole world, give me Jesus, you know, those sorts of hymns. They, the values of the cross in their life, we want to honor that. So we invited them and we had 6,000 missionaries come to, to our site last uh, December. And uh, the Fulani slept in the, we had 8,000 on the site altogether, and the Fulani cattle herders slept in the middle of 8,000 enemies, Christians all around them. And they said, we are safer here than anywhere else, even in our Muslim communities, and we're staying here throughout the missions conference. Um, and uh, it was wonderful. And, and so now our Bible school has grown to 1,500 this year. It exploded. I didn't want to move here. I thought it was, it's impossible. But just before lockdown came, uh, two of our leaders said, this is the will of God. We can move now. There's something that our landlord wanted to double the rent. He was a bit of a, he never put a screwdriver on the building, just exacted money. And so uh, uh, our two of our leaders said, God's in this. We can move. And I was afraid. And I was putting this five, ten years into the future. And when they spoke to me, I received faith. 
And I said, this is right. This is God. We can do it. Said, okay, one month we're moving. And then the, the Lord just put all this, to, you know, so many of those buildings come up in the last three years during the, you know, difficult times. And the Lord has been faithful to us. This church, you can't see it. Maybe that flat building at, at the top left, there's the, that's a children's school. We have 1,500 children in different schools. But you can see one of those buildings is flat. That's without a roof. That's the first floor of the building that this church built uh, during our, our lockdown. And... Uh, so um, that's just to, to go through um, a, a few of the things that God is doing. We're really blessed. We're going back there in 6th of December um, to, to continue. And um, we have a children's home, 400 children at the moment, uh, crisis care. They're terrorist survivors um, and things like that. But uh, I, I better stop now. Uh, didn't get through all of my slides on the Sermon on the Mount, but... Uh, uh, we thank God for the wonderful teachings that, uh, that work in our hearts and in our lives. So thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you so much for that inspiration, Kent. Um, huh. The verse that comes to mind for me you know, when I, um, is in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And some of you may be watching online as well. And this is the verse that I want to read to you. For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast. But it goes on to say, for we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And so we see there that Christianity is both beliefs and behaviours. And our belief system does overflow into good works that Christ has prepared in advance for us to do. But we don't want to get it round the wrong way, do we? <laughs> Jesus tells us that Christianity is first and foremost about who we are, not about what we do. If you were to ask people who aren't in church what a Christian is, they would probably give you a whole list of behaviours, things that people do and things that people don't do. But it's much more important to be a Christian than to do the works of Christianity. Of course, those works flow out of our connection to Christ. Those works flow out of who we are when we connect to Christ. And so I just want to give anyone an opportunity this morning who may... Be thinking, I've never really made that connection. I've thought my Christianity was a whole list of things I needed to do. I didn't realise Christ had done everything that needed to be done to connect me back to God. And so if you would like 
to make that decision today, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer and you can pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you now in all my faults and failures and realise it's my sin that has kept me from you. But today, I make a decision to receive Jesus. I receive him as my saviour, the one who died on the cross for my sin, the one who rose to de- from the dead to give me new life and offer me forgiveness. And I invite him now into my heart to be my own personal saviour. I give my life to you today. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you've become a Christian. You've given your life to Christ. Who knows where God will take your life from here? But if you are in the room today and you would like um, a Bible, I'd love to pray with you and help you begin that journey of working out your salvation, working out what God has put done on the inside. Thank you. Ivan, come and join me. How good has that been? Very inspirational. <laughs> yes. Wasn't that inspiring, church? Thanks, Kent. That yes. was awesome this morning. And, uh, you know, I love, you know, I don't even know what it's like to live in a place where it's full of terrorists, you know, and attacks. And, you know, what these guys do, they partner with their enemies. They partner, you know, with murderers, whoever. And he that's alive inside them, he that's alive, you know, he that is in me is greater than he that's in the world. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he does all the work. Yes. You know, I was so encouraged. I thought, man, if these guys can do that in an area like that, how can't I partner with my neighbours, my work colleagues, you know, and then let he who is alive in me do the work. We can do that, church, can't we? You know, there's no doubt this Joss, you know, it's, it's setting a culture. It's impacting Nigeria. You know, like, Kent, that's amazing what you're doing over there. Anyway, I, I, I could listen to that all day. I get so inspired. So thank you, Kent. And uh, I think we just need to give Kent another hand. Yes. And that's, uh, and that's, uh... Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.